Hi there, and welcome to the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Manny Manuel. And I'm Sam Reimer. Welcome back, my friend. It has been a while. Part- I mean, we took, took a good old week off. You get to take a trip to Hawaii and get to see all the lava and I, everything. I did go to Hawaii. I did not get to see any lava. It broke my fucking heart. Then why'd you even go? I know, right? Like, there's one time probably in your entire lifetime you're going to get to see some shit blowing up and you're going to get to see some volcanoes exploding. I know. With And all of a sudden, you're just not going to go see the lava. No. No. I tried. I tried. No, went there to see uh, one of my best friends, Chad, uh, get hitched to his lovely bri- uh, lovely bride, Cheryl. It was a beautiful ceremony, and I had a great time. Mazel tov. Thank you, but uh, not uh, not one side of lava. I got to see uh, what they call VOG. That's V-O-G. The whole time I thought everyone was saying fog. I'm like, it's not fucking fog. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, basically it was just the same as like the smoky air that we had in Kamloops last summer, but like nowhere oh, near as bad. That's rough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get to see any lava. kind of broke my heart. But I got to see lots of other really cool shit. But I'm sure our listeners give two fucks about my trip to Hawaii. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, so today we're going to be uh, doing our uh, review of Deadpool 2. We're going to skip over what we've been watching this week. We actually have some plans uh, for that section uh, starting next week. Um, so today is just going to be all about Deadpool 2. Um, we're going to start with a non-spoiler review and then a full spoiler review and then we'll discuss the cast and then our closing thoughts and, uh, and then that's it. Um, so let's, uh, let's dive right in. Sam, what are yes. your thoughts and feelings on uh, Deadpool 2? Overall, I'd say Deadpool 2 is a very good movie with some flaws. Um, if you like the first Deadpool, you're probably going to like the second Deadpool. Personally, I like the first one just a little bit better than the second. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty enjoyable experience. There, it's a lot more. Uh, I'm really glad that it came over. Or it came out right after uh, Infinity War because there's a lot of superhero jokes, a lot of in jokes about the MCU and about the DC universe. There's a lot of jokes about you know Thanos and about uh, the Hulk and a lot of things that you know if you're not a total superhero nerd, you might not understand all of it. So I think that's something that this movie emphasized a little bit more than the last one. So for guys like you and me who are fans of the MCU, I mean, we'll dig that kind of thing. But for more casual fans, uh, maybe maybe not so much. But overall, I thought uh, thought pretty good. I would rank it probably just below the first one. I'm not that enthusiastic. Really? I was actually um, thinking about it today and talking about it with... uh somebody and uh how best to describe this movie i for me it was just kind of it, it was just uh, it was just kind of more of the same and that's not a bad thing mm. when deadpool came out um again um for those of you that don't know i was a massive deadpool fan before the movie came out deadpool yeah, yeah deadpool was uh, i know i'm an og um deadpool was one of one of if not no, he was. He was my favorite Marvel character in the comics. I fucking loved him. So when this movie came out last year, I was, or sorry, in 2016, I was super pumped. Ryan Reynolds was perfectly cast, <clears throat> and Deadpool blew me out of the water. It was everything I wanted in a Deadpool movie. I didn't know what to expect with this one. Um, and what they did was basically almost the exact 
same thing. And that's not a bad thing. But because Deadpool happened two years ago, and it was so fresh and so new with what everything was doing, like it was an R-rated comedy, it was super violent, and Ryan Reynolds riffing and breaking the fourth wall and having all this fun. And then leading up to Deadpool 2, we got all these amazing ads and trailers and all like Ryan Reynolds showing up on Colbert dressed as Deadpool and, and all these viral videos that were fantastic and so in character. But then this movie came along and I'm watching it and it's just more of the same. And that's again, it's not a bad thing, but it did not wow me or blow me away the way the first one did because I've had two years of re-watching Deadpool to build up to this moment. So it was just, I'm totally alone in this because everyone else in the theater was dying at like every joke. And I'm just like, I, I kind of saw that joke coming. Like it's, it's, it's the way that character is. And it just didn't, re- it just didn't resonate. It didn't, it didn't knock my socks off. I, there was of quite a few really moments I laugh really hard at, but it did not have the same impact as the first one did. Was yeah, I inter- it was-, was I entertained? Totally. Was it worth going to? Totally was. But it's for me, Deadpool is just so much higher than Deadpool two because it was so different and so new. So this is just kind of following the same, not formula because it's obviously a different kind of movie. But it's just I, I was just kind of. It was just kind of middle yeah. of the road for me. They just have your your typical superhero moments, and then uh, Ryan Reynolds will look directly at the camera and sort of like break the break the moment up, and then you'll go on to the next moment where he'll look at the camera and have some remark. It, I, I can see how you think it's it starts feeling a little bit predictable after a while. Yeah, which I, I can totally get. And again, most of the jokes that he does tell are really funny. The, there are a few misses in this movie, but. Overall, I think the the body of work with the jokes and Ryan Reynolds does have a writing credit on this movie. Uh, he was a lot more involved <clears throat> in the process this time around, which is great. Um, but yeah, it does start to feel a little bit predictable, which is sort of one of the problems, which is a little bit unfortunate. Um, I, with, I think with and sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, like of it's course. it's it, for me, it wasn't uh, like. Pretty much every superhero movie is predictable. The plots are generally the same. I don't have a problem with that. That's a formula that works for me. What I found predictable is the jokes were predictable for me. I'm just like, I know what this character is going to say. I saw them coming. There was only a few jokes that really made me laugh because I didn't see them coming, Mm -hmm. Um, which we'll get into when we get into spoilers. Um, So for me, I was just, I was entertained, but like Deadpool, the original Deadpool, had me on the edge of my seat, loving every moment, waiting for every moment to happen, and just like gut busting laughing. This did, was nowhere near close to that kind of experience. Do you think maybe the the hype and the anticipation could have led to that kind of feeling of disappointment? Because again, we see this with movies like when it came to the Last Jedi, for instance. A lot of people thought this is a, a garbage movie. This is this is terrible. I personally don't think the Last Jedi is a bad movie, but I agree. because it has the word Star Wars in front of it, it sort of ups your expectation of what you need to get. So, did you sort of feel like that feeling may have tied into it with just because this movie was called Deadpool? No, that it, that it no, not at all. Not at all. My expectations of this movie, I didn't have any expectations because I didn't know how it was going to be able to. Um, I didn't know what they were going to do can, after the after the first movie. Yes, you can tell another story with this character. There's so many other stories you can tell with this character. Um, but I was like, are they going to try something different? Um, 
and they didn't. They went with the same kind of tone and stuff like that. The main difference is you can definitely see the action scenes are a hell of a lot better than yes, the previous one on because that. this director obviously is one half of the directing duo of John Wick. Um, right. And th- so the action scenes are definitely uh, a lot better. I um, thought the scenes with Cable in particular were amazing. Yes. Uh, especially like when he first breaks into the prison, which again was ruined in the trailer, but even so. Yeah. Um, I, 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 didn't ha- I didn't have any expectations going in. I, I kind of was completely neutral. I was just kind of like I was interested in what they were going to do, um, seeing how it was. And again, like I've been trying to do with these blockbuster movies, uh, I've avoided all the trailers except for the, the, the first one that they release. And then I don't watch any TV spots. I don't watch any trailers. I don't want anything ruined. Um, and what I should try and do is actually try and watch some before we come on and do our podcast so I can see what I would have had ruined for me if I had watched all the trailers and stuff. The problem with that, though, I mean, I agree with you. It's a valiant effort 99.9% of the time, but Deadpool's trailers is just so fucking awesome, and I think their Deadpool's marketing team is just so genius that oh. I think I would have probably lost out on the experience. I, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. I'm, I'm not strong enough to put off watching the trailers because they are so damn good, especially the one where uh, you've seen the trailer where Deadpool like, acts out the part of the plot of the movie with toys yeah that uh, if i see a trailer in the movie theater then i don't have any choice but to watch it and i'm fine with that because watching a trailer on a big screen is fucking awesome so that that trailer was fantastic and then Mm -hmm. the the marketing for deadpool is absolutely amazing you know those trailers aren't too bad like there was that one trailer if you want to call it that where he was bob ross the painter fucking hilarious right like (laughs) the marketing of team for fox and for deadpool uh i tip my captain they are absolutely on 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 the mark with what they're doing with deadpool they ryan reynolds knows this character he was born to play this character and it shows him as deadpool is phenomenal um Mm -hmm. but like i said the, the movie itself was middling for me interesting Okay, well, I think I, we've pretty much covered our general thoughts. Uh, do you want to move on to spoilers? Yeah, so uh, here's everybody's chance to tune out. If you have not seen Deadpool 2, we are going again, to... And again, it is worth a watch if you haven't seen it, in spite of Manny being a total wet blanker right now. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've said <laughs> the whole time, I was entertained, and it's totally <laughs> worth seeing. I'm just I'm not... Totally fucking with you. I know. Totally I, I, honestly, <laughs> this is definitely a movie I will, I'll recommend... If, Anybody that saw the first one and liked the first one is going to watch this and like it. For yeah. me, my, my standards were just a little bit higher because this character means so much to me. And I was just hoping I, – I honestly don't know what I was hoping for. Um, but I guess as we get on and further discuss, uh, as we go through the plot and stuff like that, maybe we'll – it'll be like therapy for me. And we'll figure out what's wrong inside my head. Um, so here, here, go don't ahead. I have enough time for that. <laughs> I know, right? I got 42 <laughs> years of issues. Um so here's everybody's chance to tune out. If you uh, if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to get into full spoilers. And by full spoilers, I mean we're actually going to go plot by plot, point by point of what happens in this movie. So we're going to spoil the shit out of fucking we're, everything. We're going to go through the Wikipedia page and literally go line by line and dissect our thoughts on each and everything. So, yeah, you have been warned. Yep, here's your warning. Five, four, three, two, one. fuck off. Okay, here we <laughs> go. So 
Um, after successfully working as the mercenary Deadpool for two years, killing criminals, Wade Wilson fails to kill one of his targets on his anniversary with his girlfriend Vanessa. That night, after the pair decides to start a family together, the target tracks them down and kills Vanessa. Wilson kills the man in revenge. He blames himself for her death and later attempts to commit suicide by blowing himself up. Wilson has a vision of Vanessa in the afterlife, but the pieces of his body remain alive and are put back together by Colossus. Wilson is left only with a skee-ball token, an anniversary gift, as a final memento of Vanessa. All right, where, where do you want to start unpacking that? I guess logical place would probably be uh, Vanessa dying, because that was sort of um, unexpected, and the the credits gag after the fact, uh, uh, the 007 credits, uh, yeah. making fun of the fact that they killed off Vanessa. Um, what, what did you think of that decision? Did you see that coming at all, or do you think that was a good next logical step plot-wise for this franchise, or what, what did you sort of think of that? I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Um... I wasn't sure, again, because of the one trailer I saw, she wasn't even in it. Mm. Um, so I thought maybe they were just going to move on from her, or I didn't know how she was going to incorporate it. Uh, one of the things, one of the marketing campaigns for the original Deadpool was that it was a love story, and it really yeah. was. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that it was so appealing, is that despite all the humor and, and, the, and the action and the violence, it really was a love story, and it was done really well. Um, this one... I, <sighs> It, it, it kind of is as well. Like, they really play up the love that Wilson has for Vanessa, which is nice. Um, but it, it's it's tonally different. It, it, I, think that's what, I think that's part of where it is, is that the tonal shifts in this movie were really hard because it, they really try to push and um, show the love that these two characters have together. And I believe it, especially after the first movie, that they have together. Um, but then the... the 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 theme of family that that comes on later and then all the action and the violence um this love story kind of gets pushed back and it was uh, i don't i don't i don't know it just felt just felt off to me um yeah i i would completely agree i think it's just that they don't really maybe maybe it's just not that it works well as a standalone like if you've watched the first Deadpool you can sort of take it for granted that these two have this relationship and they have this connection and there's the whole metaphor of their them being jigsaw puzzles and their squiggly pieces meeting each other in the first movie you don't really get that impression the second time around that they, they come off as more of a standard sort of uh standard sort of couple in the second movie which might make it feel a little bit more I don't know vanilla I guess yeah um, I, it, Do you have any thoughts on that? No, you know what? You know what? Actually, it is. Is the more I think about it, it honestly, if if you remember the first movie, um, uh, the actress, I think her name is Monica Baccarin or something like that. Let me just I think you got it. Yeah, I think it was Don't Don't uh, um, Monica Marina Baccarin. Marina Baccarin. Um, she um, she was like this kind of glow of life and really played off of Ryan Reynolds well in the first movie. This one, she kind of seemed like she was fucking bored. Yeah, she was sort of phoning it in, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, she really was. It, it was almost like she read the script and she's like, "Well, this is fucking dumb." Oh fuck! I die on page two. All right, I guess we're yeah. Guess like she in. just didn't. She did not seem to be the same character. To yeah, me. the the kiss me like you miss me red is the. I don't know. I I totally didn't. That seemed like when I heard that line, I felt like she was reading it off a page. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, I don't know, leading up to that, uh, like, I, I, the 
the few scenes they had leading up to her death was, you know, Deadpool killing all these um, yeah, crime lords and stuff like that. Honestly, I, I wasn't really overly impressed. Like, they kind of went over-the-top violent with them, which is fine. But mm. it, it, it didn't... It wasn't... Imp- they weren't impressive action set pieces. Um, you know, there was some, I guess, some attempts at humor in them, but I didn't find them funny. Really, in the opening comedy, like when he has the when he has the panic room, I, I guess the yeah the panic room sequence was sort of strange, like with the dude running in slow motion and like most of the comedy in the first several sequences, like the guy going into the panic room or Deadpool traveling the world and killing people. A lot of the a lot of the comedy in those sequences came from just over the top violence, which we've kind of seen before. Yeah, well. like it it just didn't resonate with me. Yeah. But when they did the James Bond esque credit scene, yeah. that got me. I was like, "Oh, fucking well played." I wasn't laughing out loud, but I was like, "Oh, that's well done. That is no, well it's done." Good. It's definitely uh, they've sort of made this habit now, I guess, of uh, changing up the opening credits and like changing up the the captions on it. I'm glad they didn't do the exact same thing where everyone's title like written by blah blah and it's just some funny name like some of it they're just saying like oh my god they they actually killed her what the fuck yeah like that it wasn't was slightly different this time around and i like the way they changed it and i agree but see and that's kind of again what what i'm what i'm getting at is the is in deadpool one when they did that with the credits it was fucking it was, hilarious it was brand new yeah yeah but now i'm like eh, you know yeah they're just, they do just they did have sort of a lot of the same gags like that I, I will totally agree with you. Yeah, and uh, there's, yeah. there's even like people getting their asses beat to DMX like, or uh, or just any old rap songs. There's your classic uh, Taxi Rides with Dupinder where uh, he's he's trying to be a man and Deadpool's being a terrible influence on him. Yeah. There, there were a lot of things that sort of rang hollow where you're like, okay, we've been here before. This is trodden territory. Let's let's move it on. And that, on, to be completely honest, and I was the one off the top of the episode who said that he liked this movie, but, uh, or that he, I, I, let's, to put it better, I was more uh, enthusiastic about this movie than you were. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely one of the weaker points is that a lot of these jokes we sort of felt like we'd seen before yeah and and again like it really comes across that we are both kind of being a wet blanket on this movie don't get me wrong i was entertained and i i don't have i'm I'm not smart enough to offer a solution or what i was looking for instead i just found myself i'm like oh they're they're just kind of doing the same thing over again so although there are a lot of jokes in the opening you know five ten minutes before the james bond style opening there are a lot of jokes in those opening sequences that are really funny. Like the first thing you see in this movie is the the Logan alarm clock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Find that funny? <laughs> that, yes, that was very funny. That, yeah. It's those kind of stuff. It was those little those little hints at the larger Marvel world and stuff like that. That was uh, that was fun. Well, that's kind of the thing is that this movie has a pretty low meta score right now. Last time I checked, I think it was at like sixty six. It was like sixty six. I checked today. Yeah, so it's not exactly having rave reviews. I think a lot of that might come from the amount of pop culture references that are in it. Like, there's a lot of things like, uh, like one of the best jokes in the movie for me is in the first five minutes where he's explaining why he was late to Vanessa, and he said, "I was fate, I was fighting another caped hero, but it turned out his mother's name was also Martha," which, <laughs> which is a not so thinly veiled shot at Batman vs Superman when yes. uh, Superman and Batman are fighting and. 
both their moms are named Martha and Batman spares them, which is the stupidest fucking plot point ever. But holy fuck, I think we don't have to ever talk about that movie. Again. I think we should do a full on review of that whole movie one day. Of Batman vs Superman? Yeah, fucking force okay. ourselves to watch it again and just fucking tear it apart. Um, All right, you fucking sadist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Colossus, you know, gathers up the pieces and takes them back to the X Mansion. I don't know. I was, it was after this this opening moments where I was like. I started. I'm like, uh oh. I'm like, uh, I've I got a bad feeling, and but I'm the, I'm the only one feeling that because like I said, the other the 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 theater I went to last night wasn't packed, but it was I'd say about about half full, and everyone yeah. else was just loving life. But uh, I was uh, I was starting to starting to feel a little dread coming on. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else in the opening section uh, that we can think of at the top of our head? Nope. If you like, you can go ahead. And okay. Uh, recovering at the X-Mansion, Wilson agrees to join the X-Men as a form of healing. He, Colossus, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead respond to a standoff between authorities and the unstable young mutant Russell Collins slash Firefist at an orphanage labeled a Mutant Re-Education Center. Wilson realizes that Collins has been abused by the orphanage staff and kills one of the staff members. Colossus stops him from killing anyone else, and both Wilson and Collins are arrested. Restrained with collars that suppress their powers, they are taken to the Icebox, an isolated prison for mutant criminals. Meanwhile, a cybernetic soldier from the future, Cable, whose family and older Collins murdered, travels back in time to kill the boy before Collins ever becomes a killer. Alright, so I guess a logical place to start there would probably be uh, Cable. Uh, did you... Did you... Well, what were your opening impressions of Cable, first of all? How did you like him as a, as a villain? Uh, I understand why they brought Cable into this movie and to this universe. Um, The comic series Deadpool and Cable works out really well because, as everyone knows, Deadpool is uh, cracks jokes, he has a lot of fun, and Cable is your straight man. He's very serious, he's very straight-laced. It's basically any movie with Chris Tucker ever. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. Basically any buddy cop movie. Um, so I really liked the casting of Josh Brolin as Cable. Um, after watching his version of Cable, it was meh, which we'll get into when we discuss the cast. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I wasn't I just, sure how they were going to deal with Cable and telling his story. Because Cable's right. background and origin itself yeah. is so convoluted and complicated, I'm glad they didn't even attempt to try and explain it. Oh, there's a lot more under under the surface there, is there? You have no fucking idea. No totally. idea. I'm sorry, this is totally getting out of line with our format here, mm. but like, I hated that they didn't really reference the fact that I mean, they did reference it once, by my account, but they didn't really reference the fact that his entire plot was a Terminator ripoff. I mean, they did. They made one joke that was incorrect. They called him John Connor, which doesn't make sense with the original Terminator, because wouldn't that make more sense to call him Arnold? But anyway, that's a that's semantics. But mm-hmm. like, it seemed like they were sort of paying tribute or even parodying the sort of Terminator storyline, but they... They didn't do that Deadpool thing that you're expecting him to do the entire time, which is, like, call attention to it. Like, there were some very obvious things that 
very obvious jokes that I think they should have taken. Like, again, taking the obvious joke isn't always a good thing, but the fact that this whole Terminator thing is just here, right to be made fun of, like, there are numerous times when Ryan Reynolds looks at the camera in this movie and says, oh, that's just lazy writing. Mm -hmm. But they don't make reference to the fact that Cable's entire story is ripped off from Terminator. Right? Am Am I the only one who's bothered by that? No, again, it was just, like I said, it's just this movie didn't have it for me. Yeah. Um, that just really bothered me, is that at one point he turns to him and says, like, take it easy, John Connor, or something like that. But, first of all, that's incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> Ru- uh, Rus- Russell would be John Connor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the Cable. analogy does not make sense. Yes, exactly. The fact that you and I are nerding out about this or more specifically i'm having a problem with this is you know again semantics but it's more just the fact that they every other time they could take a shortcut and just write something lazily and then have ryan Reynolds just go oh that's just lazy writing but then the whole thanos or sorry <laughs> thanos the whole uh, cable and uh the whole cable being the terminator thing just having him never pointed out just seemed like they were sort of trying to sweep it under the rug to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm picking that apart a little bit too much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, it was the, the movie just didn't wow me. I, I didn't cable as the villain. I guess I don't yeah. know. It, it. I'd call him probably like in the first half of this movie he's sort of the main antagonist isn't oh, it? Oh, 100% he's percent he's the, uh, but, he's yeah. the antagonist and and, uh, and stuff like that. But, it's just And then the third act it sort of flips it on its head yeah, but we definitely get there. Um I don't know. I guess I was fine with it. It yeah. I just don't feel that in my opinion much like I've said to you numerous times and I've told other people I I just don't feel that Fox make does good x-men movies and k i i just didn't feel that he was cable yeah yeah that's that's entirely fair and you would probably also have that opinion uh being the comic book nerd and the deadpool nerd that you that you are and were so i the fact that i didn't have any preconceived notions of cable probably helped my vision of what he is and or what he was supposed to be but totally you weren't uh, Josh Brolin's performance. I guess we'll touch on that in particular a little bit. Yeah. Uh, later, perhaps. But um, I guess if we're if we're back at the X Mansion, mm. um, there were some awesome jokes in this sequence. There was, uh, well, I mean, there's the one right off the bat that everybody in my theater, both times that I went, I have seen this movie twice now, both times that I went, everybody gasped and cheered when the X Men appeared on screen. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that that when, that cameo was fantastic. Because through both movies, Deadpool is making fun of like, oh, it's so funny that the studio can't afford another X Men. Ha ha ha! There's this, the whole Fox and, and you know Marvel and all, all the different parties fighting for rights to different characters, and then <laughs> you get uh, you get the James McAvoy generation uh, X Men actually show up on screen for a little bit, and they're just hiding in a little room off screen, not wanting to get involved with the whole Deadpool thing. I thought that was really funny. Did yeah, you, it was. I, it I was. It was completely unexpected for me. I I love seeing it again. It was like what two three seconds of screen time, but yeah. it was it was perfect, and it did catch me off guard. And that was one of the uh, get. I, I hate to say few, but because it's not few, I did laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one that really hit home. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. because it, it just totally got my geek boner going, and uh, 
Yeah, it was well done. Um, I would have liked for them to be on screen like even a few seconds longer, just because I mean there was there were so many faces in that room, and I just felt myself going, "Oh my god, that's Professor X back there! Oh my god, that's Beast! Oh my god, that's Quicksilver!" And then the doors were shut, and I couldn't I couldn't fully get the grasp of everyone who was in there, but. Maybe that was intentional, but I, I don't know. I would have liked for them to have been on screen at least a couple more seconds. Maybe that's just... Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead um, dating Yukio. Um, Yukio, I'm pretty sure uh, she's a newer X-Men character in the comics uh, called Surge, if I'm not mistaken. Um, again, doesn't quite play the character um, the way that I... I envisioned her from the like in the comic she's a completely different character same kind of power set um even though uh she only uses her power what once twice yeah i think when she shows up at the end uh to to fight juggernaut we are in the spoiler section yeah uh sadly uh it, it seems to me i God, i hate i hate to say this it seems to me the only reason she was brought in was to play up the stereotypical Japanese little girl and how they say hello and, and stuff like that. The little rapport yeah. that her and Deadpool have was cute, but it kind of plays into a little bit of stereotyping. Yeah. And I, 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 totally I thought it was cute, but at the same time, I'm like, eeeh. Which is ironic, because I feel like the studio is showing, and the writing staff is showing, like, hey, look at how progressive we are. Like, we have this lesbian couple on screen, and we're barely even acknowledging it. Like, Ryan Reynolds is still talking shit about uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, but it's for something completely different. So in the one sense, they're being really progressive, and then in the other in the other sense, yeah, they're sort of playing up this stereotype for comedy. It did come off a little bit tone deaf at times, but it, it was still, it was, it was a good bit. It, it was, was a fun. good bit, and, and don't get me wrong, like, I, I thought it was super cute, and, like, the tiny little chemistry that Yukio and, and Deadpool had was super cute, but, uh, mm-hmm. and they, you know, and Fox should be applauded for the diversity, especially in the cast. They had, yeah. um, Zazie Beats is Domino, and they had a new, awesome. I, I, I hate to say it, but a fat New Zealander uh, <laughs> as Russell Collins is, and uh-huh. you know, <clears throat> so they they had a, a, and then they had uh, whoever the actress is playing Yuzio. They had an, they had an Asian, and then they had another Asian playing Shatterstar, who we'll get to later. So they mm-hmm. did have a diverse cast. So you know, tip of the cap to them for for that kind of stuff, but. The, I don't know. It, it, I, it's a mi- it's a minor thing that I picked up on, but it didn't bother me because I loved I loved their little bit of of hi Yukio hi yeah. hey. it was it was super I, cute. So I think it's just because like everybody else in this movie around Wade Wilson is just so fed up with him and is just so convinced that he's an asshole. But Yukio gets to come in with a with a fresh perspective and only sees the jokes. So I think it's just the fact that. Like, we're just used to everybody else shitting all over Deadpool and, like, talking about what an asshole he is. But Yukio just seems so optimistic. I think that's probably the core of it anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other jokes that were fun uh, at the X-Mansion. You know, Deadpool playing around with Cerebro and breaking a piece off. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that wasn't – it was fine. You know, it was fine for what it was. What was the line he said when he's wearing Cerebro? He's like, I can see into the future. I'll give you one guess why. It's It smells like Patrick Stewart and it's on top of my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> Something to that effect. Yeah. I laughed really hard at that line. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really good reference jokes through here, but I, I think that's also the problem is that there was there's so many. Yeah. They didn't space them out um, 
you know, the ones that hit hit really well, and the ones that didn't, I was just like, mm. um, yeah, I guess. Oh well, there's also we can talk about the uh, the battle, the first encounter with Russell. So when he's outside of uh, the the mutants uh, wellness center, whatever the hell it's called, um, when he's threatening to burn the place down, I liked that whole thing with. Um, Deadpool being a trainee, although they did kind of beat that bit into the ground as well. Every time he says he's an X-Men, somebody will yell trainee. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the whole thing with him running out uh, wearing a penny like he's uh, like he's a football player or something like that, I thought was really funny. Yeah, uh, it was cute. said trainee on the back. Yeah. As, as far as the plot goes, like I thought it really made sense, his decision-making. You, you honestly got a lot less, I think, of an anti-hero feel this movie. Totally. Like, you got a lot more of a hero sense because the whole movie is basically him saying, hey, I'm not a hero, I'm not a hero, I'm not a hero. And then when the moment comes for him to be a hero, he still fucks it up intentionally. But this time around, he is a lot more of a genuine, likable hero. And the I think this scene kind of solidifies that, at least for me. He, and he does the right thing and puts his own ass on the line to save this kid. Yep, yep. <clears throat> um, as far as the action goes, I... I, I liked how it was i liked the cgi in the scene there are some moments of cgi in this movie that didn't quite work for me um but i think we'll get to that later i was thinking more specifically juggernaut but as far as the cgi and the action in this scene goes i think it was well directed and i think it was good yeah i would agree with that um Um, moving on yeah absolutely okay uh cable breaks into the ice box and attacks collins uh wilson whose collar has been broken in the melee attempts to defend collins After Cable takes Vanessa's token, Wilson forces himself and Cable out of the prison, but not before Collins overhears Wilson deny that he cares for the young mutant. Near death again, Wilson has another vision of Vanessa in which she convinces him to help Collins. Wilson organizes a team called X-Force to break Collins out of a prison transfer convoy and defend him from Cable. The team launches its assault on the convoy by parachuting from a helicopter, but all of the members except for Wilson and the Lucky Domino die during the team's landing. While the pair fight Cable, Collins frees fellow inmate Juggernaut, who repays Collins by agreeing to help him kill the abusive orphanage headmaster. Juggernaut destroys the truck he and Collins in, and they escape. That was actually a lot. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, <laughs> so well, let's go to the, the, the icebox fight and prison break scene. Definitely. Uh, Cable showing up um, shows off some of his uh, telekinetic powers, um, which I'm sure a lot of people might not even realize that he is a telekin that he has telekinesis and he has and he's telepathic. Um, people probably don't know that. Um, I honestly thought he had some sort of magnet in his. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the fact that you mentioned that is literally the first time hearing of it. <laughs> and that's what I said. Like they yeah. they cannot even. They can't even begin to scratch the surface of the complexity of the character Cable, and I'm really yeah. glad they didn't even attempt because it would – if they tried to, it would actually kind of be funny for Deadpool to, to kind of come in and bust it. And yeah. I, I will – not right now. It would – honestly would take far too fucking long for me to even begin to explain um, Cable and his history. Um, but the, the prison break scene, it, it's decent It's decent action. It, it didn't wow me at all. Mm-hmm. Um the um i didn't really get i didn't get much chemistry um between deadpool and collins um yeah it just I, I didn't really get their their relationship didn't really gel enough for me to believe it like nope. I, 
throughout the course of this movie when Deadpool has his epiphany, like, oh, I got to save this kid, it it really just came off as like, oh, I have to save this kid because the ghost of my dead girlfriend told me to. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't strike me as like, I got to save this kid because it's the right thing to do or I got to save this kid because I love him. It's, oh, I have to do it because my the ghost of my dead wife told me to. And it, I don't know. I, I didn't really buy the motivation at certain points. Yeah, same. And I didn't, I, I just didn't, their their relationship didn't resonate with me. Um, so the prison break, the prison battle scene was fine. Um, I mean, there's there's this one moment in it that I actually barely even caught my second time through. Like the first time when the when the thing fell off of his neck, when uh, with the what do they call it the uh, the mutant gene suppressor thing that they have around his neck. Yeah. Um, when that fell off the first time around, I was like, oh, I thought they said earlier you need a grenade to get it off, but now it just fell off pretty easy. I They didn't really make a big deal of it, or the director didn't really make a big deal of it uh, when he gets a bullet to the neck. I didn't, I didn't catch that the first time around. I don't know if I was looking elsewhere or if I blinked, but the fact that he gets a bullet to the neck and then he takes a big fall, I guess being in, in combo... I guess what I'm trying to say is a long-winded way of saying I don't know why they included the line earlier of you need a grenade to get this off your neck, whereas if if they had just excluded that line and then showed him taking a gunshot to the neck and then having a huge fall and it coming off, it would have been no problem. But for some reason, they needed to have that line. I, I don't know. Did you have a problem with that at all? The line or didn't did make much sense. The line didn't make much sense to me because it, I was like... Yeah, it just seemed like the neck piece came off a little bit easier, but for some reason they felt the need to include that line, you need a grenade to get this off, and yeah. then just kind of... If I they had just omitted that line, it would have been fine. I agree. I could agree with that. Um, it seemed like a final cut sort of editing problem, but whatever. Yeah, and then um, the the fun part for me <clears throat> prior to uh, Juggernaut's reveal is I was trying to figure out which character was in the maximum security... Yeah, and uh, I did. Uh, I thought I was like, okay, maybe it's Juggernaut. I'm like, uh, um, and the whole time I was like, I'm trying to think of what other powerhouse mutants are in the are in the X side that are, that are that are bad guys. And uh, I did think of the Juggernaut. I'm trying. To, I was trying to remember who else I could think it could be. But yeah, um, that was kind of a fun part for me. Um, but whatever. The the prison scene was fine. Um, when we get to Wade deciding to form X Force, uh, that was fun. Oh um, yeah, <sighs> I definitely thought they were gonna go. Like, you're you have a look on your face right now, like you were disappointed by this sequence. But weren't you caught off guard, like with the whole like the X Force actually dying off, pretty much? Yeah, that that's jumping ahead. What I was disappointed oh, again. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, okay. the part the part that disappointed me again. Um. It was, was T.J. Miller. He right. felt like he was phoning in his performance as well. Yeah. In in the first one in in Deadpool, he really had a lot of fun with Weasel, and um, he seemed to be into it. This one, he, he just he didn't have that spark or energy. Again, it honestly felt like he's like, yeah. He had the he had the improvised one liners. Like to be to your point, I, I agree with you that he didn't feel very energetic. But I think a lot of it, he had a lot less to do in this movie. Totally. He was basically just given the improvised one-liners, and he was relegated. I mean, he was comic relief in the first movie, 
but he was exclusively comic relief in this movie. He very, had very little else to do. Yeah, and even the stuff he did, it wasn't that good. Yeah, like I mean, there. I guess the studio just realized that you know the lines in the first movie that worked so well, like the "You look like uh, Freddy Krueger face fucked uh, topographical map of Utah." Yeah, or, like those it, fucking lines were amazing, right? Those are legendary lines, and the studio was like, "Oh, perfect, that's what people want." So we'll just have you do that for you know a page worth of script in this movie, and that'll be it. But yeah, it it just didn't. Again, his performance just didn't work for me. Um, but we can touch base on that when we talk about the cast in, in depth. Definitely. Um, but the the scene where they're interviewing people for X Force was definitely fun. Um, yeah. Sadly, I had seen some of those in the trailer, so it was kind of room for me. Um, yeah. Especially what was his name? Was his name Peter? Yeah, Peter. Yeah, that I I really wish that wasn't in the trailer. That was so fucking ruined because that would have that would have just hit home in the movie if you hadn't yeah. seen the trailer. Exactly. Um, Side note: I love uh, Rob Delaney uh, is the guy who played Peter, and he's a uh, he's really funny. I follow him on Twitter. He's a comedian. And is he? He's he's very funny. Oh yeah, it was such a great it was such a a great little moment. Again, it was if I hadn't seen that in the trailer, I it, that's a moment I would have been busting my gut in yeah. in the theater. So again, once again, proving that the trailers, uh, while efficient, I was going to see this movie regardless of the trailers. Um, kind of ruined a moment for me. So, so there's one moment that was ruined for sure. Um, I love that they were making fun um, of their headshots, um, as opposed to what they really like. So you shot, you saw Rob Delaney's real headshot, which is I'm, I'm probably assuming his real headshot that he it uses, is, is yeah. it? And then seeing him uh, in the movie, completely <laughs> different. It was that was fun. But am I being catfished? Like, yeah. <laughs> that old line. Um, so it, that was great, and then they get in the helicopter, and yeah, I didn't see X Force's death uh, coming, and that was a, such a beautiful, fun moment for me. Um, that was that was, I think, what people like when they bought a ticket to Deadpool two. They want they signed up not expecting sequences like that, but they like that's the kind of thing that the writer should have had in mind. Like the whole X Force sequence of them just like completely subverting your expectations, like building up the X Force big time in the trailers. And then just shitting all over it and have everyone die in the in the movie like right away. Yes, that's the kind of thing that like people who came in to see this movie wanted. I think. Yeah, and that that's this is this is kind of the point where my entertainment of the movie went up. Yeah, uh, and then here's again one of the uh, the big jokes of the movie is that one of the members of X Force is the Vanisher, um, who turns invisible, which is f- <laughs> funny. Uh, I have to double check. Is that what? I don't think the Vanisher in the comics actually turns invisible. His power is to teleport. I see. That's how like he vanishes. He's not he's not the invisible man. I gotcha. Um, but whatever, it worked because it ends up playing out this fantastic fucking joke. Um, when he dies and falls in the power lines and his powers crash, it turns out that this invisible man that you haven't seen, you just see things around him moving, is Brad Pitt. <laughs> I... I honestly, again, it's like what I said with the X Men earlier. Like, I wish they were on screen for like a few more seconds so the audience could really grasp it. Because the people that I went with, like, I, it took me a few seconds. I was like, oh my god, that's Brad Pitt. And then after the movie, the people that I went with were like, so the guy who hit power lines, that was Brad Pitt, right? Like, they were sort of like unsure. He was only, he's only on screen for like that quick. Yeah, right? like a second at most. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so that, so again, that I would have liked for him to have been visible for at least like another second or two. Probably yeah, it, that that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we're and then Jesus, and here's another moment. So. You know, X or all that's left is Domino and Deadpool to try and uh, attack this convoy and 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 stop Cable and blah blah blah. This action scene again, not impressive. I, really, I, I I thought this was one of the better action sequences in the movie, just because just by nature of, I think, the action itself in combination with Deadpool's narration of it, talking about how you know luck isn't a real superpower and. Uh, it's not very cinematic. I don't even know what that means to be lucky. And then meanwhile, there's this big cinematic explosion set piece sequence of uh, of Domino running through the streets <laughs> trying to catch uh, trying to catch this convoy. Mm. I, I just thought the juxtaposition there. I personally liked that bit. You, oh, you didn't? I it was again. It was it was just fine. Um, I liked the way they did it. How everything's falling into place for her because her power is luck. Yeah. Um, it, and it was fine, but it, it just didn't. It's like as. As you're describing it, I'm like, oh yeah, it was just for, it was forgettable for me, huh. um, which again surprised me because this is one of the directors, co-directors of John Wick, whose action yeah. scenes are jaw-dropping and easily, easily the best part of John Wick. Like John Wick shouldn't be anywhere near as good as it is. No, it's good because for me, John Wick is so good because the plot is so fucking stupid and dumb. Yeah, um, and then the action is. Like literally jaw dropping. To be fair, there's only one Keanu Reeves. Like Keanu Reeves is a big part of the reason why they could do that style of action in that movie. It's because he trains his ass off to to do his own stunt work. Yeah, true. Um, the, and the same, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> so so the scene, the scene, this whole uh, set piece was was fine. Um, it was fine. Uh, you know, ju- and this is where they reveal that Juggernaut was the one in there. That was a nice surprise. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize until, as I we just talked before we started recording, I didn't realize that uh, Ryan Reynolds is the voice of Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the end credits, it's listed uh, Juggernaut as himself. But yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds is the voice. Um, so the, the Juggernaut coming out was, was kind of fun. Um, I find it... It's uh, a word I'm looking for. I get I'm I'm being a nerdy nitpicky about um <laughs> That's a first. I know, right? Nerdy nitpicky because his helmet is still on. Um if his helmet's still on, then I have no idea on how they subdued him in the first place. Um to get in there, but whatever. That's uh it is it is what it is. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but whatever. Uh, uh, there's a lot of little juggernaut in jokes like they're walking and and Rusty asks him about his helmet because I, I don't know I don't know if you know but Juggernaut well, I figured I figured it out from that bit of dialogue. Yeah, Juggernaut is uh Professor X's stepbrother. Right. Um yeah, he has some line about his brother's always trying to read his mind and he says, "Yeah, but he's in a wheelchair, so it's even" or something like that. Yeah. Um but he uh, he looks he looks really good like that's always seeing him on the big screen like he was in X-Men 3 and he looked fucking horrible played by Vinnie Jones um and here he looks kind of how I would envision him to look in real life so seeing him on the big screen was fun later on when he has his fight scenes he's a little too CGI for me yeah especially um, the CGI ass like a lot of yeah. that stuff is just like 
it, it didn't really work. And like again, it's one of those moments where Deadpool can look at the camera tongue in cheek and go, "Here we go, big CGI fight coming up." But like, it really does look very CGI their fight. I mean, again, I'm sort of jumping ahead there, but I, I don't know the whole no. They they kind of took in this movie Deadpool looking at the camera and being self-aware like hey i know this is bad writing so it's okay or hey i know this is bad cgi so it's okay i didn't i didn't agree with that i thought they overused that just a smidge like when cable's explaining why he can't travel back further and kill baby hitler or whatever ryan reynolds just looks at the camera and says oh that's bad writing like like yeah we know it's bad writing but you if you know it's bad writing just write something better like instead of just taking this opportunity to make a joke i don't know it's it bothered me a little bit yeah i get it um so i guess that's i don't know uh, well i guess here I, I one of the highlights for me um is uh zazie beats as domino um yeah. i was never a big fan of her in the comics um i liked her rendition here in the movies um zazie beats i don't know if she did a lot of her own stunts but her fight scenes and, and they're very minimal um yeah. but are very well done i i believed her um, as as an ass kicker uh, in those scenes, I um, thought especially her fight with Cable in the back yes. of the truck. Yeah, very good. I was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. You ready for the next part? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Cable offers to work with Wilson and Domino to stop Colin's first murder, which will lead to more. He agrees to give Wilson a chance to talk Collins down before attempting to kill the boy again. They arrive at the orphanage and are overpowered by Juggernaut while Collins attacks the headmaster. Colossus, who had at first refused to help Wilson due to Wilson's murderous ways, arrives to distract Juggernaut so that Wilson and Cable can confront Collins. After Wilson appears to fail in taking down Collins, Cable shoots at the young mutant. Wilson leaps in front of the bullet while wearing the icebox collar and dies, reuniting with Vanessa in the afterlife. Seeing this sacrifice, Collins does not kill the headmaster. This changes the future in which Cable's family now survives. Cable uses the last charge on his time-traveling device, which he needed for returning to his family, to go back several minutes and strap Vanessa's token in front of Wilson's heart. Now, when Wilson takes the bullet for Collins, it is stopped by the token and he survives. Collins still has his change of heart, while the headmaster is run over by Wilson's taxi driver friend, Dupinder. Um, Okay, so going back, this is a scene that, in my mind kind of annoyed me but i couldn't stop laughing and that's juggernaut has ripped cable in half he's back at his home with blind al yeah oh sorry did i say cable yeah you said he ripped cable in half. oh my apologies he ripped deadpool in half and uh, deadpool's back at blind al's place regrowing his legs and that was a fucking hilarious scene it was super hilarious and it, it knowing the scene and thinking about it in my head it's not the kind of scene that i would like but they played it so well and the cgi in it was done really well again it plays off of a joke that they did in the first deadpool when he was regrowing his baby arm and now he's got baby legs it was so well done and so fucking funny i thought in particular you would have liked for the scene the the nod to basic instinct yes <laughs> as soon as he did that i'm like manny probably is gonna lose his mind when he sees this <laughs> oh i was so happy and then they they literally reference it They're like that's yeah. his basic instinct i was like i oh. wish they hadn't done that though i, I wish know 
said ba the words basic instinct. I wish they would have just had Ryan Reynolds uncross his leg, have the camera cut away, and then have him cross him back. Yes, it was like, oh, it was it was such a great nod, and it would have been yeah. it would have played out even better. But having to slap the audience in the face with that reference, yeah, and like the, I was thinking about, it, I'm like, I was I shouldn't say I was looking around, but most of the people in that theater were not even alive when that movie came out. I don't think I was. When I don't think I would. I bet you Basic Instinct came out around 92 or 93. Yeah, and I was 96, so. <laughs> yep. Um, so that little well, scene. Another, another really famous movie that I've yet to see, by the way. Yes. I'm, of course, aware of the famous scene. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you okay over there, Manny? Need a, need a tissue? <laughs> Sharon, Sharon Stone was Teenage Manny's Charlize Theron. Right, right, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <sighs> Is it hot in here? Ooh, good. Um, so char Characters keep consistently showing up in this scene, by the way. And... Again, it's pointed out, but it's never really explained. Like, is there a reason that Dopinder and Weasel and like and uh, Domino and Cable all need to show up at the apartment at the exact same time? Like, it just seemed very sitcommy, or like like Ross, Rachel, and Chandler all hanging out in Central Perk all, all at the same time for no reason. Like, it it just seems like yeah. Well, oh, we they needed, needed the that characters to be in the same room, so we got them in the same room. Yeah, right? we needed them to have their reactions to the baby legs and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah. yeah. It seemed that's, very sitcom-y. Yeah, that, that was exact. That's well put. It, it was very sitcom-y, but l like I said, it but worked. The joke absolutely hit. The oh, it fucking hit! It, it was a yeah. home run hit for me because I was dying laughing. Um, so, all the, the other scene that got me as as they're heading to go try and stop Rusty, they stop to try and get Colossus, and he's playing. He's got the little. The iPhone that looks like it's a boombox, and he's and he's playing. This, yeah. He's trying to be. He's trying to do say anything with Colossus. Yeah. Which like, is the movie you have forced me to watch? Yes, and right. you thanked me for it because it's I fucking did. fantastic. Thank you very much for forcing me to watch say anything. Oh, that movie's so good. And so I, I like it, that was another moment I really enjoyed. Uh, and then they get to the orphanage, um, and they're trying to defeat juggernaut and stop rusty from killing the headmaster um and obviously beating up on all the pedophile guards and you know domino kicks some some ass and shows off some some great martial arts skills and cable and deadpool are kicking everyone's ass and they're trying to stop juggernaut it was this this scene was again it was it was fine and adequate i i did say at the top of the show that the action scenes were actually a lot better with the director of John Wick, but the more I think about it, considering the action in John Wick and then considering the action in here, I was kind of disappointed. Um, mm -hmm. I just didn't find... Again, though, were you coming into Deadpool 2 expecting John Wick-level action? Because if you go into any movie expecting John Wick-level action, you're going to be disappointed. I, 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 I kind of honestly thinking I, I think I was. I was kind of expecting m more in camera sort of yeah kind of more in camera action like the the icebox fight scene between cable and deadpool was really well done and mm -hmm. they really used up you know deadpool's you know powers of regeneration like when he busted his arm and shoulder and he wrapped it around cable's head to choke him out with his own dislocated arm and shoulder was, was amusing yeah. um so this again this scene was 
again adequately fine and then you know colossus shows up at the last moment to to like they like i mentioned distract juggernaut and and their fight was fine Mm. um a little too cgi um and then obviously you could see a mile away that cable was going to go back in time i uh, i guess we're getting getting to uh, a joke that they tend to kind of they overplayed a little bit was wilson dying slowly yeah yeah i i was trying to figure out the right right way to sort of criticize this because by saying that they drew it out i mean that's that's the joke but yes. like they drew out drawing it out a little bit like they after a point like there is a point through the sequence where you're like oh okay the joke is that he's not gonna he's not gonna die he's gonna keep staying alive and keep talking ha 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 and then once you get that point they keep going for way longer than they need to like you, you know what i mean like yeah it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like family guy yeah exactly like if the joke is that it's drawn out fine make the joke but after a point it just gets excessive yeah and for me it got excessive yeah no i know what you mean um which i understand why they were doing that because the funny thing is if they just played it normally it actually could have been heartwarming yeah because it was it was a bit of an emotional moment and i could i wasn't at the point that i was going to cry mostly because i lacked i didn't feel the connection between rusty and deadpool but i could feel the emotions that this scene could have provided um but because they played it as a joke um that immediately went away yeah i think that is sort of a problem with the tone that the deadpool franchise has established is that when they do want to have a serious moment they kind of need to pick their moments because 99 percent of the serious moments you're going to almost have deadpool is going to undermine and is going to ruin it yeah. so if you do want to have a serious moment they do become sort of few and far between then they sort of picked the wrong one they ended up going full serious between wade and vanessa when they meet up in the afterlife yes right and he didn't undercut it but then when he had his actual death scene they went they half-assed it which honestly they should have reversed those they should have totally undercut the afterlife afterlife scene with vanessa and then taken the death scene really seriously yeah but right you know whatever they they made their decision and most likely made a shit ton of money with the decisions they made oh yeah i mean they're gonna didn't did i hear that this movie outgrossed infinity war through its opening weekend no is that true there's no fucking chance I thought I think my roommate told me that. I'm not totally sure if that's true, but no, I I have no idea what the numbers are. I will look them up shortly. I guarantee you that is not the chance because yeah. Infinity War is broke the record for the highest grossing opening weekend of all time. There's no yeah. way. That's very Because fair. when I went on like I said I, I went last night, which is Wednesday. Yeah. When I went to Infinity War on the Wednesday after its opening, the theater was full. Last yeah. night this wasn't even close. That's very And fair. again, Granted, that's the Wednesday. It's not the opening weekend, but I, I also I did like, by the way, uh, way back at the beginning of the movie. As long as we're talking about gross, how they're talking about uh, Deadpool and Jesus Christ being mentioned in the same sentence as each other, and yeah. he's like, he's like, we're it's Passion of the Christ, then Deadpool, except for overseas where they don't have anything or where religion doesn't exist <laughs> or something to that effect. I thought that was a good joke, but yeah, the as long as we're talking about the the death scene if they did want to go full joke with it I, the direction that i thought they were going with it i thought they were going to go that uh deadpool's not dying because his collar's not turned on or something like that mm-hmm. i thought they were going to go that he like pussied out and turned on the collar but he just wanted to have that moment to turn uh russell around or to turn him back to the light side as it were but he wouldn't have actually turned the collar on so 
I thought they were going to go that direction with the comedy, but if the, it was just the wrong scene to make comedic in my mind. I don't know. It's just me. Um, are you currently looking up the numbers? I am. <clears throat> yeah, it did half. 125. Yeah, that seems... And again, that's still huge. That's still a huge That's massive. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also not even close. Jesus Christ, <laughs> on this, on that week... Fuck. Avengers Infinity War still did 30 million this weekend. That's fucked. Isn't that the third weekend it's come out? Third weekend it's out? Four? Fourth? And it's still doing 30 million. Roughly. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, yeah, so... You know, Cable goes back in time. He puts the the token from the anniversary and shoots him in the heart, and so Wade survived. And yeah, then, then what happens after that? Uh, well, that's pretty much it, isn't it? And then we get the mid credit mid credit sequence. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm. I feel like we're missing a part. I don't know. I. I guess. I mean, we're missing you. I mean, you pretty much covered it. Cable puts the token in Deadpool's chest. We go through the whole sequence again. He doesn't die this time around. And then uh, as they're walking away and they become a family, uh, Dopinder uh, runs over the creepy headmaster with his car. Um, I guess we we briefly touched on the afterlife scene with uh, Wade and Vanessa, how it didn't really hit. Yeah, I think we hit everything. Okay. Um, So the the mid-credit sequence um, was fun. Um, Yes. Uh, uh, one of the highlights of the movie for me. Um, Negasonic uh, and Yukio repair uh, Cable's time-traveling device, and then uh, Deadpool goes back to right all the wrongs of the past and uh, has a lot of fun with it. Um, He saves uh, saves Vanessa's life, um, which I liked, um, and then saves Peter as well. Uh, and then we get into the really fun stuff where he travels back to uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the first version of Deadpool, uh, and kills him, (laughs) Um, which was very funny. Yeah, because you're not a fan at all of that movie, are you? No, I should rewatch it. Yeah, Um, I I actually haven't seen that movie. No. Nor have I heard, like, I, I was aware of what was going on in that scene, but yeah, I haven't actually sat down and watched uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine all the way through. Yeah. Have you seen The Wolverine? No, I don't think I have. That one's pretty good. I okay. Actually, I won't lie, I actually fucking love that movie up until the ending. Yeah, honestly, the only X-Men Universe movies I have seen, I think, are the uh, first two uh, James McAvoy era Okay. And then Logan. I think that's it. You haven't seen any of the original X-Men movies? No, nope, I haven't seen any of them. Holy fuckballs. <laughs> right. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. We might, we might make a homework assignment. Um, okay. Okay, and then, and, then he, uh, and then when he kills actor Ryan Reynolds uh, while he's considering starring for the film Green Lantern was... That was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I... I had a belly laugh during that scene where he shot himself in the face. Yeah, <laughs> and said, You're that, that was that was fucking good. Uh, and then that's that's the end of the movie. Um, yeah. Did you stick around to the end of the credits? I did stick around the first time. I didn't see anything. Um, so there wasn't a message at the end. There was. Uh, it was something to the effect of uh, I can't even remember what it was. The, what I was it? I I liked it. The message was was just saying that. Um, 
a lot of people worked on this movie and because of this movie there was a whole a lot of people just regular people made a lot of money and there was a lot of there was just a lot of money made for regular people by the making of this film and i was like oh well played yeah it was like x number of people worked on this movie as like grips and yeah yeah it was it was a nice little touch i i honestly think that like my my theater was still full at the end of the credits i don't know about yours oh yeah it was yep yeah, and I stuck around till the end, waiting for an end credit scene. At least the first time I did. Um, uh, yeah, I stuck around. Um, usually, uh, with superhero movies, I'll as soon as the movie's over, I'll quickly jump on my phone and and uh, I, I can't remember the name of the site. There's a stinger site that'll tell you what's what's in there. I just wanted to check to see if there was something, um, mm-hmm. and it said there wasn't anything at the end. But um, the my friend T Bone that I was with, I told him I'm like after the mid credits sequence ended, I'm like, there's nothing else at the end. He's like, well, I want to stay, and I'm like, I'm fine staying as a tribute to the all these people that worked on this movie that I enjoyed. So I have no problem sitting around to the end of the credits. Fair. Um, I all left. Right. <laughs> Should we um, talk about the cast? Yes. All right. So we'll start with our star, producer, and writer of the movie, Ryan Reynolds, as Wade Wilson, Deadpool. Right. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much the same, I would think. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, born for this role, he's pretty much the reason everybody in this theater was there. Um, he's he's born to be Deadpool, in my opinion. He's found the part he was born to play. He's, you know, no complaints about him in this movie at all. I, we've talked about certain actors forming, uh, phoning it in this movie. He was not one of them. No, agreed. This is a yeah. passion project for Ryan Reynolds, and it shows... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's yeah. easily the highlight of the movie, um, just like he was in the first one. Uh, I agree. He was born to play Deadpool. Um, when he was originally cast as Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, I was super excited, and that's why the ending of X-Men Wolverine uh, is such a letdown. Um, but there is a scene, there's a couple scenes early in the movie where he is playing Deadpool um, not quite as outlandish as he does in the Deadpool movies, but you can see where it is. Um, he's absolutely, like we've said numerous times, he's perfectly cast as Deadpool. He was born for this role. You can tell that he loves it. He's having fun with it. The whole movie is fun. Um, he's he's the reason to go see this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo everything you just said. Um, Josh Brolin as Cable. Uh-huh. Okay, this is my... Josh Bullen as this movie's Cable is, fi- he's fine and decent and does a good job playing the and the 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 main antagonist for the first part of the movie, um, and then the the straight man later on, um, like there's the scene uh, in the taxi cab as they're driving to the orphanage with uh, Domino, Depender, Deadpool, and Cable, and Deadpool and Cable have a little back and forth. Um, that's cute. I can't remember what they... They're, they're talking about uh, Cable asks Depender to turn the music off. Right. And, and uh, Ryan Reynolds accuses him of being racist. Yes. And then later when he is dying, he says, and Cable, my only hope for you is that you begin to judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's well played. Um, so Brolin, Brolin and Reynolds have decent chemistry. Yeah. Um, I... I'm looking forward. Obviously, Brolin will be back for the next one. 
Um, I'll be interested to see how they do with that. Um, so for the movie Cable, he's fine. For my what I had in my head for Cable from the comics, um, I wouldn't go so far as to say this is a complete fail, um, but it's not. It's not great. He looks the part doesn't quite act the part for me. I see. But he doesn't he didn't need to be the cable from the comics and the one that's in my head for this movie that was not a requirement at all. I see. Um Yeah, because that's one sort of thing that I think you and I come out with different perspectives with these sorts of movies that your sort of reactions to this will generally come with a caveat like, well, it, it was like this in the comics, but like I'm coming in mostly fresh with most of these characters. Yep. This movie was my first experience with Cable, period. Yep. So so tell, share with me your thoughts on him. Well, yeah. Well, in that sense, I think I, I liked him. I mean, when you think back to Francis in the first movie as a villain, honestly, I mean, you, I'm sure you've uh, read tons about Ajax in the comics and whatnot. But in the movie alone, Francis isn't really that well developed as a as a villain. I mean, he's menacing and he's British and he doesn't feel pain. But uh, besides that, he's really not that well developed. In that sense, I even liked Cable a little bit better as a villain uh, in this movie. I like Josh Brolin as an actor. He's really, really good. He's yes. having a fucking great year, right? A like, little bit? A little bit. And as, uh, <clears throat> and as Cable, that dude is making an absolute bank right now. Um, outside of that, I just I I personally liked him. I thought he was maybe it was just the action scenes. Maybe I just thought he was sort of badass because especially when he breaks into the icebox, I thought it was a really well done scene. Um, yeah, I mean his character had better development than Francis. Still, you know, nothing special. But I thought he was a solid villain. I thought he was good. He's fine. Yeah. Um, and and just so you know, uh, and, uh whatever. Let's go, we'll move on. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Uh, Marina Baccarin as Vanessa, uh, like I said, completely phoned it in, um, yes. which is super unfortunate because she fucking I she was so fucking adorable and sweet and great in the first movie, and this movie I don't know maybe she saw the script saw she didn't have much to do and she's like fuck it I don't give a shit I'm gonna yeah. phone this in and bam she nails it phoned it in. <laughs> I give you nothing but applause, yeah. Marina, for phoning oh, in a fantastic phone in performance. Yeah, exactly. If, if there was an Oscar for phone-ins, that would be it. But. Oh, she won it hands down. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was I, sort of important. Because like you said, the first movie, their chemistry is what the movie wrote on. The fact that Ryan Reynolds couldn't go back to her, or he felt that he couldn't go back to her in spite of their love, and the moment when they reconnect, and their love on the beginning is really the, is the foundation on which the entire movie is built, mm-hmm. really. And then this time around, it's her death is sort of the foundation on which this movie is built, which I mean, she, like you said, any actress who reads that, who signs on for the second movie and is super excited to be a part of it, see she dies in the first two pages, you know, that's yeah, I didn't also in the the afterlife sequences, I mean, she's supposed to be a little bit otherworldly, I guess, but she doesn't even seem like she knows where she is like, I don't know (laughs) if that's an intentional choice but like, she, she genuinely just like shows no emotion during those scenes and it it seems like it's a choice but it doesn't seem like it's a good one it's sort of weird oh it's it's horrible i honestly think that her entire scenes in this movie were probably filmed in two days like she doesn't get up off of that chair 
<laughs> in the afterlife yeah. for a while. I I don't know. Like, I I didn't I didn't hate it, but I'm like, come on. Like a little effort would have been yeah. nice. It's very true. It didn't ruin the movie. <laughs> um, oh no, it didn't ruin the movie. <clears throat> uh, Julian Dennison as Russell Collins' Firefist. Um, I was pretty impressed. Um, there were some moments he seemed outmatched charisma-wise. Like he didn't, as mentioned, his relationship to Ryan Reynolds was just sort of assumed rather than developed. If that makes any sense, it, it, like when he shows up, Ryan Reynolds just sort of assumes after a while of disliking this kid, like, "Oh, I have to save him," and I didn't really buy their chemistry which is sort of unfortunate yeah we Him mentioned that earlier i agree after, i i wasn't uh i wasn't too disappointed with i thought he was pretty good he's pretty young he's pretty charismatic he has some good lines i thought he was fine as as far as child slash team performances go you know it was it was not the worst <laughs> yeah i agree he was fine um but uh like i said the 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 lack of chemistry between dennison and reynolds was really apparent to me um, yeah. So I had a hard time believing that Deadpool really wanted to save this kid. Um, yeah. So, uh, and that's not a knock on Dennison's performance or Ryan Reynolds' performance. They just lack chemistry. Yeah, that's more even the, uh, the fault of the writing team, I would guess, rather than even the, the the writing and the directing, rather than their performances themselves. Um, Zazie beats his Domino. Um, I liked your character actually. I, I did a lot. I, I really liked her. She was a pleasant surprise in this movie as the only surviving member of the X-Force other than uh, Deadpool, although technically I guess Peter's alive now too. <laughs> um, but I, I liked her. I liked her character. I, her action scenes in particular seemed like they're, they must have been a bitch to rehearse for, but they, you know, her, the choreography and her fight scenes in particular were a standout for me and her acting as well. Yeah, I agree. I really liked her. Um, I liked... Um, she had a nice, she had a nice rapport with Ryan Reynolds, uh, especially in the recruiting scene where they're talking about luck not being a power and they just kind of kept going back and forth. Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, it was, it was done. It was well done. It was, it was a nice casting. Um, and, uh, I, I liked it. It was, um, I'm actually trying to think. She might've been my second favorite performance after Ryan Reynolds. If I actually think about it. Yeah. Looking down the cast list, I would say probably about the same um, um yeah i'm yeah. looking i'm looking forward to more uh she had really nice rapport with ryan reynolds and so i'm it'll be interesting to see what they do with her moving forward mm-hmm. uh, uh jay miller <sighs> like i mentioned before it phoned it in um yeah. i also I, one thing i didn't mention is that with how meta Deadpool is and how self-referential it is. I'm really upset that they didn't make a reference to T.J. Miller's allegations. Not a chance. There's no way they were gonna do that. But why not? They. I felt like they had to. I like not because it would have been funny, but because they kind of had to. No. Because like everybody else in this generation, like every time they've had allegations, like any time in the Me Too movement, it, I, I feel like the way to confront those sorts of things is the face them head on and to not sweep them sweep, sweep them under the rug rather well I, I, I just sorry you go no go ahead go ahead I, I don't know I just felt like they should have made some like they obviously this is a lot more extreme scenario than this but like the joke in the first movie where Ryan Reynolds goes uh you think Ryan Reynolds got this far in his career because of his superior acting ability like 
I don't know, some sort of joke in that tone like, could have been I don't beneficial, I think. No, I disagree. Uh, you can joke about Ryan Reynolds' poor career choices. You can joke about his uh, about his poor acting at times. But joking about his allegations about sexual misconduct, uh, not in the studio film and not nah. no, not going to happen. Not not okay. gonna happen. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I just said. I'm no. just saying it should have happened. Probably not, not a chance. Not because, again, not because of the comedy of. Not because I think it would be funny, but because I mean, if they wanted to make it funny, they could. But just because I think, you know, completely ignoring it and just comes off as sweeping it under the rug. That's in a movie as self-referential as this. That's no, just my. Opinion. I don't. I don't see this as uh, as sweeping it under the rug at all. There's no way they were gonna reference something like that. Not a chance. Fair enough. Side note, completely unrelated, because this happened, like, more recently. But did you hear the more recent uh, thing that happened with TJ Miller on a fucking subway or something like that? No. Where he he called, like, a like a fake bomb threat or something like that? Fuck Apparently he was drunk on a train and some woman was yelling at him to shut up. So he, like, called the police and told them that she had a bomb in her purse. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So, uh... I don't know. Maybe this guy won't be in Deadpool three. <laughs> he kind of seems like a great asshole. Well, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he's I don't <laughs> think he'll be back. Um, anyway, no, let's move on from that fucker. Um, Brianna Hildebrand is Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Um, yeah. I really liked her in the first movie, um, and I thought she did a really good job. I love her little uh, cool punkish teenage. I don't give a shit kind of attitude it, yeah. it still played well it was yeah. really played well in the first film mm-hmm. um i i do i won't lie i kind of wish they used her more um in this movie um because yeah. they barely used her at all they um, kind of used her for the same sort of thing right they're like oh the, it's sort of what we're talking about how a lot of the jokes are recycled like she had very little else to do other than you know just be the snarky teenager even mm-hmm. at the end scene which is supposed to be very emotional of deadpool dying you know she doesn't really do a whole lot she doesn't really say a whole lot um, reading over the stuff here um, on Wikipedia, it actually is kind of really cool. Um, as we mentioned before, um, they reveal in the movie that um, she's in a relationship with Yukio, um, so she's in, uh, in a gay relationship. Um, where is it here? Uh, the film also reveals that Negasonic is in a same-sex relationship, which is the first openly LGBTQ relationship depicted in a Marvel film. When, Re- when Reynolds asked Hildebrand how she felt about the potential storyline during development, the actress, a member of the LGBTQ community herself, responded positively with a stipulation that the film not make a big deal about the relationship. Which I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. In a statement, GLAAD president and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis praised the relationship as a milestone in a genre that too often renders LGBTQ people invisible and should send a message to other studios to follow this example of inclusive and smart storytelling. It's very similar, in my opinion, in the way that um, Sulu in Star Trek was revealed to be gay. They didn't make a big deal of it. They had a little scene showing that he had a a daughter, I think, with another man. Apparently, uh, by the way, George Takai was uh, not consulted about that reveal and was a little bit frustrated about it. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, obviously, George Takai. Is it Takai or Takai? Who cares? George Takai apparently was not consulted about it, and they just kind of assumed he would be fine with it, which, I mean, I guess is a safe assumption to make, but, I mean, it's also his body of work. It's a character that he developed. Even though he is a gay man himself, you would think that, you know actresses take their characters very seriously like they're real people mm-hmm. and you know if you just make 
a writing decision about their character without consulting them, it's kind of just, you know, a little bit of a slap in the face, even if it is something that you think that they would like. Yeah, I found I actually found it odd that he had a problem with it, but that's his prerogative. That's his choice. Um, yeah. I, I personally liked it, and I liked that um, teenage, uh, teenage Negasonic Warhead and Yukio. <laughs> uh- Megasonic teenage longest name ever. I yeah, I know it. Um, I like that they had a, they had a little relationship, and I like that they didn't make a big deal of it. Reynolds made a, what one little quip about it, or De- sorry, Deadpool made one little quip about it, and then that was it. And then they he were... scoffs at it, and then she says like, uh, "Dude, it's 2018 or something like that," and he says, "No, it's not because of that. It's because I can't believe anyone would actually want to date you." Yes, and and it's perfect. <laughs> that's um, the perfect handling, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that, but again, like I think she was um, viciously underused in this movie. Um, but you know, there's so many new characters that they introduced. Um, so she didn't really have a lot of screen time. Of course they killed off all the characters they introduced. So whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack Kesey is black Tom Cassidy. Um, I'm surprised he's this high on the cast listing, by the way, because he has like four lines in this movie. Yeah, I don't know if, if this guy is famous for something else. I, I have no idea who he is. I didn't see anything on his Wikipedia page. Uh, um, Black Tom Cassidy is a pretty big villain, um, and there's actually a really great miniseries um, with Deadpool and Black Tom Cassidy. Obviously, yeah. because Black Tom Cassidy is in the icebox, you don't even get to see his powers. Um, if they hadn't... N- n- if they hadn't dropped his name, I wouldn't even known it was Black Tom Cassidy because he doesn't really look like that in the comics. Um, Is but, he actually black in the comic? In no, the comic? he's uh, he's Irish. Because they make a couple of jokes about him being. <laughs> that was actually a great joke in the icebox when he's first introduced. He says, "I'm Black Tom Cassidy." He has the dreadlocks and tattoos. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds says something like. Uh, What's your superpower? Cultural appropriation? Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed really hard at that joke. Yeah, it was a great joke. Um, but yeah, no, he's... He, uh, I, I, I guess, well, they they really actually end up really using Black Tom as a joking point throughout the movie after his thing, so I can see why he might be this here. Um, but they... Whatever, he it was, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um... Well- even outside of that, I mean, we had cameos. I mean, the, the X-Force all had uh, their own. Or who did we have in the X-Force? So we had uh, Terry Crews. Uh, I'm having trouble finding this on my page. Do you see that? Yeah, I got it. Um, okay. Let's see here. Where, uh, oh, Terry, Terry Crews is Bedlam. Bedlam. Uh, Louis, Louis Tan is... Oh, go ahead. As Shatterstar, Bill Skarsgård as Zeitgeist, Rob Delaney as Peter, and that's even... Uh, forgetting domino and then brad pitt as vanisher which is also hilarious apparently uh, he was considered for the role of cable um but you know scheduling issues and whatnot prevented him from actually being able to do it and he filmed his vanisher cameo in two hours during uh, post-production yes <laughs> which is pretty funny <laughs> I, I i'm glad brad pitt wasn't uh, cable although that would have that could have been interesting but i i personally like josh brolin josh brolin was fine i'm i'm hoping that in the future films because it, it's it did say up there that uh, Josh Brolin signed on for four movies, so they have a lot more time with him to develop the character and stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Of course, as uh, as mentioned before, we also had the cameos of the X Men from James McAvoy, Nicholas Holt, uh, Evan Peters, Ty Sheridan, Alexander Ship, yada yada yada, on and on and on as uh, as the X Men. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, do you want to reveal the there's a cameo from two guys? Uh, <laughs> um, 
at a truck when Cable first arrives and asks what year it is. Yeah, the the one of them I recognized immediately, and that's Alan Tudyk. Um, yeah, I recognized him immediately too. He's just a very recognizable person. There's yeah, no amount of and makeup. he's an, and he's an actor I really enjoy. And the other one I could tell that I I knew him, but I yeah. could not under I could not pick up who he was at all. Um, and then I at the end of the movie I forgot to look in the credits. Um, but the guy's under heavy prosthetics, heavy makeup, and he's wearing definitely a fat suit. Not a, an obese fat suit, but like a big beer belly fat suit. Yeah. Uh, in the credits, he's listed as Dickie Greenleaf. And for those of you that know who Dickie Greenleaf is, that's the character that Matt Damon played in The Talented Mr. Ripley. So this <laughs> overweight, beer belly, heavily prosthetic guy was Matt Damon making his second Marvel movie cameo. Matt, Matt Damon just loves his surprise cameos because, yeah, there was the, the cameo in this. There was the cameo in Thor Ragnarok. And, of course, not in the Marvel Universe, but also a very surprising cameo in Interstellar when he, uh, when he originally performed it. He just loves... Uh, not being on the listing and just yes. showing up in movies apparently and, and, and his cameo in euro trip right yeah scotty doesn't know yes <laughs> oh man good get <laughs> what year is it right now oh my goodness <laughs> guilty pleasure movie of mine honestly euro trip great great sex comedy from the early 2000s um so yeah so that's that's the cast of um of deadpool it was a solid cast everyone there wasn't the only weak points were the two people phoning it in, and that's T.J. Miller and Marina Baccarin. Uh, everyone else was fine and seemed to be having a really good time. And what's not to love? Um, the movie looked like it was fun to make. Uh, closing thoughts. Um, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so overall, I mean, this this uh, talk between us, as it always sort of does, <laughs> I feel like we always end up sounding like we hate movies a lot more <laughs> no. than we do. Because this is, this is a good movie. This is, let's not make any mistake about it, like, this is an entertaining movie. I was not upset that I paid to see it twice. It was very good, and I would be happy to see it again. Um, may, maybe not necessarily in theaters, because I've already paid to see it twice, but overall, it's just an enjoyable, entertaining, and very funny movie. It's a little bit by the numbers in regards to some of the jokes that they use, um, and some of the writing is a little bit lazy in it, both in terms of the jokes and the uh, and the plot at certain points. But if you just want entertainment, and if you liked the first Deadpool movie and you want more of it, it you're absolutely going to enjoy it. I, I cannot. I, I would absolutely recommend this movie. Same here. Despite all of my problems with the movie and my kind of bashing of the movie, again, I was entertained. I was glad I went and saw it. I had some laughs. I was... I had some fun, um, and yeah, if you like the first Deadpool, you're gonna like this. If you like Ryan Reynolds, you're gonna like this because he's Deadpooling it up. He's Ryan Reynoldsing it up. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm looking f- I'm looking forward to the next Deadpool or X Force, whatever they decide to do. I will be there opening weekend, and not even because we'll probably be covering it on our podcast, but because I like those kind of movies. Yes. Um, so we forgot to do this with Avengers. We're going to try and get in the habit of doing this. We are going to score uh, the movie out of five. No half marks allowed. You have to be forced to make a choice. Uh, Sam, what do you give Deadpool 2? Yeah, you and I have had many a heated discussion about the rating system <laughs> off camera. But out of five, no half, no half marks. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give it a three. Uh, same here. I'm going to give Deadpool 2 a three. 
Um, So with that being said, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, I would love to, again, thank everyone for listening. Um, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It does help raise our profile and will help us bring us new listeners. Um, You can also find us... uh, uh Oh, I can't remember what our website is. Sam, Manny Movie Podcasts at... Oh no, that's our email. Oh no, yeah, that's our email. Well, why don't you contact us on our web? Our website's kind of poopy, anyway. Or don't... text us. Yeah, if text you listen us. to us, you probably know us in person. So that's very us. true. But you can contact <laughs> us. We would love to hear from you uh, on our Facebook page or uh, at, through our uh, email, uh, Sam Manny Movie Podcast at gmail dot com. Send us any thoughts, any ideas on shows you'd like for us to do, anything like that. We're always open for ideas, any feedback. We'd love to hear it. Um, but again, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes uh, so we can garner, uh, garner some uh, some new listeners. Um, anything else you want to add in there, Sam, before we sign off here? Um, no, outside of echoing uh, your thanks to everyone for listening. It's always a pleasure, always a pleasure seeing your pretty face. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a long week uh, on hiatus there. Laying yeah. awake at night, wondering if Manny's okay, uh, <laughs> wondering if he's getting crushed by the volcano it's been it's been good talking again oh yeah i'm I'm excited to be back and be doing this uh every week with you once again uh so for the samuel manual samuel and manual movie podcast i'm manny manual i'm sam reimer adios